0: Father, we ask that you would help us to hear your word today, that you would speak to us of your love, of your concern for us. We pray that you would help us to obey, in Jesus' name, Amen. Whenever we got married and moved into the curate's house in Dundonald, uh, for the first week or so, all my post arrived through our door, already opened, already read. The postman had been about 10 o'clock in the morning, but each day about 5 o'clock my post would arrive. Already opened, already read. It took us a wee while to work out what was happening. But eventually we did work it out. You see, we lived in number 6, Mount Reagan Avenue. And in number 2, Mount Regan Avenue, lived a man called Gary Murray. And the postman thought that my post was just a spelling mistake. And was actually meant for him. So eventually we got it sorted and I started getting my post. But for that first week or so, Gary Murray was getting the post for Gary McMurray. He was receiving word about our uh, phone line being set up. He was getting our first electricity bill, which sadly he didn't pay for us, but... um, you see, they weren't actually for him. They were actually for me. For a long time I have tried to do something similar with our passage this morning in Second Corinthians. You see, I assumed that it was written to and for non-Christians. To get them to come to faith. If I had a postman pat outfit with my black and white cat, I'd be putting it through their door. The gospel appeal is clear. You non-Christians be reconciled to God. But look at verse 20. We have it on our service sheet. Uh, Verse 20. Paul says... Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you. On behalf of Christ. Be reconciled. To God. Now who. Is this written to? Whose address. Is on the envelope. Of 2 Corinthians. Whose door. Should it be posted through? This comes as part of a, the whole letter of Second Corinthians. Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. The address label says that it's for Christians. Now just think about that for a moment. Paul is urging Christians... To be reconciled to God. Why would he do that? Why would he need to do that? To see why Christians are being called to be reconciled to God, we need to take the passage as a whole. Throughout 2 Corinthians, Paul is defending his ministry. He had initially planted the church, he had travelled to Corinth, he had shared the good news, but now he is elsewhere. The Corinthians were being influenced by some uh, showy, uh, super spiritual, super apostles. They were big on signs and wonders and um, these uh, mystical, spiritual experiences. They were... Uh, Influenced by Greek rhetoric and uh, powerful speaking. They were trying to move the church away from their roots. Away from the message of the cross which Paul had preached. Instead they focused on outward appearance and boasting. The abundant life in terms of health and wealth and every blessing. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul is setting out why he does what he does. In sticking to the simple message of the cross. And what is his motivation? It all comes down to the love of Christ. Look at verse 14. He says, for the love of Christ controls us. Or another version puts it compels us. The love of Christ is the motivator for everything that Paul does. Jesus' love for us led him to die for us in our place so that we share in his death. Through Jesus' death, we have died to ourselves. It confronts us with the question, who are you living for? Look at verse 15. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Imagine That you were in great danger. Imagine that you were drowning. But someone jumped in to rescue you. They died in the attempt. But you were saved. What would you do when you got out of the water? Would you just uh, get out, dry yourself off and forget about them? You survived, they didn't. Do you just carry on as before? Or would you be changed by their act of sacrifice? Would you give yourself to live for them or in remembrance of them? That's what Jesus has done for us. He gave his life for us. So how can we keep on living for our own concerns, our own wishes? But more than that, Jesus didn't just die for us. He was also raised for us. In his death and his resurrection, Jesus brings in the new creation. As we come to him, we are made new creations. Verse 17, the old has gone, the new has come. Paul says that the love of Jesus makes us new. It gives us a new agenda. That is the motivation of reconciliation. The the reason that Paul devoted his life to preaching the gospel. The reason that he makes this appeal. But it isn't Paul's idea. Rather it's God's ministry of reconciliation. Which he calls us into. Now in Northern Ireland we hear quite a bit about reconciliation. It's a word that's bandied about. But what does it really mean? It's quite simply about coming together again. About coming into relationship. And in verse 18, we see how it works. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God was reconciling us to himself. We are the guilty party. We are the ones who have strayed from God. And God brings us back. We never hear of God being reconciled to us as if he has done something wrong. It's always us being brought back to God. It's God's work of reconciliation. And when we are reconciled to him, when we are brought back to him, then he shares that ministry with us. It's his work. But he gets us involved. He um, gives us his share in it, a bit like a father uh, showing his son how to milk the cows, involving him uh, in the work, or uh, a mother teaching her daughter to crochet, bringing them in, uh, getting them involved. The ministry of reconciliation means that we become God's ambassadors, his spooks people, his agents. God gives us the words to say and we say them on his behalf. So what is the message? What is the message of reconciliation? We find it in verse 20. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. Paul Makes this appeal. An impassioned plea. Come back to God. Come back to relationship with him. This is the message that the whole world needs to hear. It's a great evangelistic message. It's something to share with your non-Christian friends. And family. And colleagues. And as we come closer to Easter with the. The special holy week services. The cross words services. You could invite them along. To hear just what the cross is all about. But this message isn't just for those people outside. You see sometimes in church we can think. That the message is for someone else. We hear a a message on uh, judgmentalism for for instance and we think of somebody else and we think well they really need to hear that because they're really judgmental even though you're being judgmental yourself you see we we can be so quick to apply it to other people but this is addressed to us Christians need to hear this message as well rather than running after amazing signs or wonders or spectacular speech or mystical experiences we can know the truth that we have been reconciled to God and how it comes about uh, is found in verse 21 that message that we have to share that message that we thought about with the children a few moments ago. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. The Lord Jesus knew no sin. He never thought, said, or did anything that was wrong. He never failed to do anything that was right. He was the very righteousness of God. Yet on the cross. God made him to be sin. Every sinful thought. Word and deed. He took it upon himself. God punished those sins in Jesus. He died the death that we deserve. He bore the separation we should have undergone. In taking away our sin. He gives us instead his righteousness. In Christ. We are found to be righteous. As if we had lived that perfect life. And this is what's on offer. In the message of reconciliation, when Paul says, "Be reconciled," he doesn't give us a checklist of things that we have to do, challenges that we have to complete. There isn't a, a threshold of goodness that we have to to reach to impress God, to uh, win Him around to take pity on us. Rather, God has already done everything that is needed. It's God who has removed the barrier between us. He has removed the sin that separates us from him every last bit. This is what's offered to the church of Corinth. You see, there's a danger of receiving the grace of God in vain. We can embrace the message at the start, but then move on to something else. Something which seems more impressive, something which seems more spiritual, but something which ultimately denies all that Jesus stands for. The super-apostles that led them astray with their wonders but paul gets to the heart of the message he appeals to the christians in corinth and he appeals to the christians in ahave be reconciled to god stop pretending stop playing at christianity And get real with God. Come back to marvel at the great exchange of the cross. Remember that through Jesus' death and his resurrection. God has done everything to rebuild our relationship. We just need to come. Perhaps you're not a Christian today. Perhaps you realise that you are far from God. This offer is for you today. God was reconciling the world to himself. Today you can discover that love of Christ. Which compels us and controls us. Which sets us free from our slavery to sin. Come to him today and find freedom. But if you are a Christian, then this is also for you. Be reconciled. Come back to the God who loves you. And as you do, discover that he gives you this ministry of reconciliation. As we call each other to stay close to God. Today is our opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. We never know when it might be too late. We never know the day. And so Paul says to each of us we implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we rejoice that you uh, have taken the necessary steps to fulfill this command to be reconciled to you. We thank you that you did not leave us in our sins. We thank you that you have provided the Lord Jesus to come and take away our sins and to welcome us into your presence. We pray that you would Give us ears to hear. And hearts to obey. In Jesus name. Amen.